Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Episode 61 of For Future Considerations. Hello, everyone. Hope you've had a great week. My name's Manny. The boys are all here. Matt and John. Hello. Fellas, how you doing? Hi, Manny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Matt, you're still alive, buddy. I'm still here. Yeah, after we tried to kill you off last week, or we didn't. I think you tried to kill yourself off. Yeah, I did get a couple of messages afterwards that that said if I needed some help, uh, just uh, let them know they're free (laughs) Thursdays. So thanks, guys. (laughs) Uh, So maybe this can be a running bit. Will Matt show up next week? Maybe. maybe. It's the over under of Matt's life expectancy. Uh, good to see you, boys. John, you're you're into tennis heaven right now, watching the U.S. Open. That's right, watching uh, Djokovic as we record this right now, and waiting for Andrescu to uh, probably lose in about forty minutes after taking the court. But we'll see. So, if it sounds like John's overly excited, we know why. So. <laughs> uh, just in time, <laughs> if he seems to drift from the conversation later on in the show. <laughs> And a warning, this may become podcast after dark. <laughs> Your future considerations after dark really quick. If John gets really excited. Hey, big big shout out to uh, Coop, Dave, Chris, and Rob. Uh, great comments we got from them last week uh, after they listened to our last episode, the OT with Curtis Sanford. Some great comments. I really appreciate the love. Yeah, I had a, a few people reach out that uh, that they were saying that that was probably their favorite uh, their favorite episode. They thought it was super insightful, interesting guy. He was great. I thought uh, when I listened back to it, I was still super, super impressed by his memory and, uh, yeah. and dates. And I mean, if you lose 33 to 1 over a weekend, you probably don't forget those scores. But, uh, you know, the, the attention to detail and stuff, you can tell. You, you can tell he's uh, he's a goalie and uh, and just the way that he, he presented himself. I, I got a few messages as well of uh, people that that wanted to kill me and loved Curtis Sanford. So <laughs> I got a message from Kevin going, I've never uh, heard John so excited before about a guest <laughs> I know. Uh, on the podcast. <laughs> he John was went right to the, I know you went right to uh, your nearest uh, casino or whatever and put a good five large on the Canucks winning the Stanley Cup or the, uh, the Abbotsford Canucks uh, winning the, the Allen Cup, whatever their trophy yeah. is. That's right. At 500 the, to one, I'm going to be a rich man. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the Calder Cup, I think, isn't it? Yeah, is it, it is. It's the Calder They're Cup. They're the Calder yeah. Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's, that's fantastic. Did you buy a Johnny Canuck t-shirt yet or what's going on? Uh, I haven't found one yet. They don't have a lot of them in Markdale, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> what do they have for hat selection if you go to the lids in Markdale? <laughs> <laughs> or is it, the same, is it the same place that you buy your strawberries that they're selling hats? It's, it's called bibs. It's not lids. It's bibs. <laughs> oh, they got a, li- a lot of leaf stuff there then. 
<laughs> yes, they do. It's in Leafs country. Uh, so if you have not listened to it, go back, listen to episode 60, check out Curtis Sanford, have a listen, let us know what you think. Uh, we wish Curtis and his family, Melinda and the kids all the best as they move to Abbotsford and hang out with Johnny Canuck. <laughs> and uh, we only have one episode this week, but that uh, doesn't mean that we're ending the summer season quietly. We have plenty to talk about and plenty oh. to debate from football to hockey to baseball to boxing and another edition of Pump It or Dump It. Are you guys ready? Yeah, yes. let's go. Sounds good. Let's go. Let's start with news from Tuesday from the NFL. Well, this is all about Mac Jones winning the job. He was the best quarterback dating back to the spring and then consistently this summer. And even when he had a down period or even what you would consider an uneven day, the next day he would bounce back. The New England Patriots have released their former MVP, Cam Newton, and announced rookie Mac Jones is their starting QB. Do you guys like this move or will the Pats regret it? Speaking of... uh jersey sales and stuff like that i think the patriot store ran out of mac jones jerseys that day yeah the same day on tuesday yeah that day and and from what i was reading afterwards like they had had those in there for a little bit and then they name them this the qb1 and everybody's like oh i gotta go get my mac jones jersey now (laughs) yeah can you believe that yeah Like, I, I knew Patriots fans were crazy, but this is a little bit ridiculous. They're all in. Um, I'm actually quite surprised by it. Like, I I know that Mac Jones got a lot of love in the preseason, and he looked really good. But he's playing against second, third stringers. Of course, he's going to look really good. Cam Newton played with the number ones in every preseason game. And I don't think he's been that bad. He had... You know, he had a 66% completion rate with New England last year on a team that had no receivers. He had no support whatsoever. His last full season in Carolina, 2018, before he got hurt in 2019, 68% completion, 94.2 quarterback rating. When he won the MVP in 2015, his completion percentage was 60%. So he's topped that both in New England and his last year in Carolina. He topped his MVP season as far as completion percentage. New England went out and got all these weapons. I thought Cam was going to be successful in there. Um, Obviously, Bill Belichick wanted a pocket passer and not a scrambler. And I think that's what it came down to. Although... I wouldn't be surprised if COVID vaccinations played a role in this because mm-hmm. Cam was not fully vaccinated, or at least that's what we are led to believe because he was put on the COVID protocol. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm leaning. So um, we don't know if he's vaxxed. He's not confirmed. It's, you know, the whether he's eligible to play or what the NFL is going to do about that. Sure, that's one thing. Ultimately, for me, Bill Belichick does not deal with distractions. I could very well see Cam Newton becoming a distraction. I don't think he sits well as a backup for anybody. Um, In reading a little bit about this, uh, there, there seems to be something in the locker room where he may have the majority of support in the locker room at this point and totally may be willing to pull some of that to him as like hey i'm not playing hey this ain't fair and and using that in a a locker room setting 
I think they're encouraged by the Mac Jones and the the emergence that he's had. Plus, I think they're going to be, even though they did trade Sonny Michelle, um, more of a ground game pounded out type team where you can kind of isolate that and have Mac Jones throwing some dump out passes to the side or those five or eight yard passes deep that that Tom Brady always loved to do in, in Belichick's system. I just think Bill Belichick doesn't put up with with any sort of outside of the norm atti- whether it's attitude or um, you know the the persona that that Cam Newton comes from. I think he may have seen a few glimpses of where that could very well turn and just didn't want to waste the time like i think the persona you had him last year it went over people in the dressing room like you said i think there's a huge faction in that dressing room that supports cam newton and that's part of the reason why i thought he would be the starter for them i wonder though guys if this is bill belichick going to cam going hey you're going to be number two, and Cam going, you know what? I think I can be a starter somewhere else. Maybe I'll go somewhere else. And where do you guys think he will go? Well, as I say that, I don't think there's another team right now that needs a starter, but there's plenty of teams that could use insurance as a very good backup. And that's the thing. I I don't think, and I I take what you're saying, um, Manny, as well, um, in in that line of thinking. I think if the conversation was, look, Mac Jones is going to be our guy, um, we're going to go ahead with him, is that something you want to be a part of, whether this conversation took place, yes or no? Um, I don't think Cam Newton likes the idea or would want to play with the idea of being a backup. So I think that limits your team's incredibly I, I think the only one that matches of a team that doesn't necessarily have an outstanding quarterback you know has a little bit of an experience with a guy that is mobile that that can play that type of system and has a bit of a connection is the Denver Broncos that's the only one that stands out to me they do have a very good defense so he's already insulated in, in that sense but some of the other teams that you see Dallas uh, I couldn't imagine what a disaster that would be with him and Dax Pres- Dak Prescott there now Dax is all kind of injured and, and you never know right Houston is the other one that's that's come around and maybe that's somehow you're pushing the Deshaun Watson you're basically getting the same guy but a little bit older version more experienced version pushing that as far as a trade is concerned uh, those are the only teams that I've really seen or read about that that it seems like there's a little bit of of back to it Denver is the only one that fits to me with Teddy Bridgewater I mean he's not a starting NFL quarterback and and Cam Newton very well could be at this point where you know you you sign cam newton you put teddy bridgewater as you, your qb2 cam newton has injury problems you're going back to the same guy the problem with denver and this the timing of this as well is we're going into week one here i don't know that it goes very well that you go to denver uh, and you look at their front office and you now have to go have a conversation with the guy you've said is going to be your number one quarterback saying hey we're bringing in cam newton but you're still our guy but just so you know cam newton's coming to town you know i i that's a that's bad timing to introduce a guy like cam newton into the fold for any team and, and Denver still has Drew Locke, too, who started for them for the mm-hmm. last two years. Like The two teams that I would suggest, you've already said, Houston, because uh, I don't think they're going to play. They're going to pay Deshaun Watson $10.5 million not to play this year. Mm-hmm. 
because I don't think they're going to trade him. And the other one is Dallas. Like, uh, I do think Jerry Jones gets as excited as John Rashad does watching tennis yeah. with the f- with the option of Cam Newton coming over there. And yeah. if Dak Prescott, who's missed time in training camp with that shoulder, he obviously had the ankle injury last year. The Cowboys are loaded offensively. He saw what happened when Dak went down last year. If he can get Cam Newton in the fold, so if Dak does get hurt, they have another really good option coming in. Mm-hmm. I think Jerry Jones gets very excited over that. And did they just not release Danucci, their or what would have been their their backup quarterback or a guy that had, yes. that started for them last year? By the way, if you've watched Hard Knocks um, with which I haven't yet, the I still Cowboys, want to. This is by far the absolute worst season of this. There is really? there is absolutely nothing that you're learning or seeing in Hard Knocks that you wouldn't watch. The, the evening news there's no insight there's you're you're skimming the surface really? of the coaching meetings you're spending more time watching these guys at home and and just hanging out and stuff the storylines of some of the guys that are there there's always the two or three guys that are on the bubble that they kind of follow i mean they're they're decent enough stories but there's absolutely no insight to this one whatsoever you you predicted that too didn't you matt well i was concerned with it because i don't think jerry jones is going to give away anything and i think he's as locked down as as it gets over time that show has gotten less and less about yeah the you know i used to love and i would joke about it when when manny and i would watch it together that last episode is cut day i, I loved it you'd, you'd bring all the guys in the coaches would have to have those conversations with them you know you'd see how they react afterwards or talking to them afterwards that was great content after a while it ends up it shows the the whoever it is, uh, assistant GM or the player personnel guy calling the player and saying that a hey, coach wants to talk to you or whatever. I don't even think they're going to get into it this year. And it's just become more of, of just like, hey, you get to see them practice. Yeah. yeah, I can also see him practice if I watch the news that night. There, There's really yeah. nothing in this one at all. This has been really yeah. disappointing. Yeah, that's too bad because I, I did want to watch it. I just haven't had a chance to yet. Um, but I'm probably not going to watch it now after that glowing yeah, reference yeah. for the show. The uh, But you <laughs> and I have talked they, about they it. They don't have what's going They don't know what's yeah. going on at HBO. Come on. But you and I have talked about that. The last two or three seasons of Hard Knocks have been terrible. They have been. Like, they haven't been really, really good. Um, the, the only backup that Dallas has right now is Cooper Rush. So, it's, I would suggest it's a pretty big fall off from Dak Prescott to yeah, Cooper Rush. There's definitely a spot there if if everybody's willing to go ahead with it. And guys, we have an offer sheet in the NHL. How exciting is that? <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes story. have signed Jesperi Kotkaniemi of the Montreal Canadiens to a six point one million dollar offer sheet. If you guys are Habs GM Mark Bergevin, what do you do? Do you match the offer or do you let him walk and get a first-round pick and a third-round pick in compensation? Matt's ex- Matt had a huge boner over this. I love this story. I think this the the French tweets from Carolina, the quote from Don Waddell that's almost word-for-word word exactly the same as the quote from Mark Bergevin when they were doing the Sebastian Ajo. I think this is unbelievable. This is about this is the most entertaining, catty, real housewives of Raleigh <laughs> and Montreal that I'll ever, I'll, I'll ever get into. I hope this story goes on for weeks. And then the Anyways. $20 too? Oh yeah, and like the Uno card 
card, the twenty dollars signing like bonus. That. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Uno card that they tweeted out that like reverses. It's been this has been great. Uh, look, you let let the guy walk. Six point one million dollars for a guy you scratched in Game Four of the Stanley Cup Finals for for uh, Evans, whatever his first name is. Like that's that's not a sign number one of any sort of confidence in this player. And number two, that this player was going to be, if he ends up with Carolina, the third highest paid player on their team. They just signed Svechnikov, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point here, in a, in a massive deal. Kakaniemi is now like the third or fourth highest paid forward. So it doesn't show any faith in the organization that that this guy is is of the value that that Carolina is putting him at. You get a first and a third out of the deal. To me, I don't think this is a lot of thinking if you're Montreal. Now, you can obviously go the the youth route, and he has to be a huge part of this this youth movement if it's going to work. So you risk that, yes. But is six and a half or six point one million dollars worth t- tying in a a defensive forward who we're still waiting to emerge? that you aren't playing in game four of the Stanley Cup Finals, to me it reminds me a little too much of Blake Snell in the World Series with the Tampa Bay Rays where he's dealing and you pull him in the fifth inning because he's coming around to the third time in the order. Like He leaves that game, you knew he wasn't going to be a Tampa Bay Ray. I don't think that just Barry Kakanyemi has any interest in being a Montreal Canadian. If he's signing this offer sheet for that kind of money, and they had just scratched him in the Stanley Cup Finals. Listen, I, I think the last thing that you said there, if somebody walks in front of you and hands you a check for $6.1 million when you were, when you're you were making less than, when you're making less than a million, you're going to sign it. Cause the Buffalo you know Sabres either... come to me. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. You know, like, oh, of, you are. Of the setting. You are. That's a lot of that money buys a lot of buffalo chicken wings, right? Oof. As long as the medical team doesn't have to look after me. <laughs> well, that's a lot of Miller lights and Bud lights there in <laughs> Buffalo that you'll be uh, spending. Listen, the only way Montreal matches this is if they can't pull off a deal for something else. Montreal should let Carolina take KK and flip the first and the third. For all the reasons you said, he's not worth it. You know, he's played 170 games in the NHL. Hopefully, yeah, he's still only 21, but hopefully you know where he's going to be. And if you still believe in him, then and then maybe I, I'll hear you out, but I don't see it. Yeah, he's a third overall pick. Would he... But he's not a third overall pick today. Not anymore, he's not. And I don't know if you can have this player hold you cap hostage at all. This impacts all your future deals. And your next deal is Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. So if KK is making 6.1 mil, how much is Nick Suzuki going to make? Because mm-hmm. he's a way better player. So I flip the first and the third for another second line center. Christian Dvorak's name's been mentioned a lot as a possible second-line Saren. Arizona's shedding salary. They want draft picks. Montreal can flip that first and a third, maybe add some more incentive there. And you get Dvorak at four and a half mil 
till 2025, cheaper than the 6.1 and cheaper than probably the 5 million that you would have to sign KK to long-term after he takes this $6.1 million deal. But I'm going big. I'm going huge. The Montreal Canadiens should really entertain and make the deal for Jack Eichel. There it is. There it is. Let's not screw around here. We got Carey Price, arguably top three goaltender in the NHL right now. You saw what he did in the playoffs last year. He's not getting any younger. Let's load up. This is our winter. You were three wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. With the roster that you have now and Shea Weber being hurt, are you even making the playoffs uh-huh. as you go back into the Atlantic Division? Like, make the splash. Make the deal. Get Jack Eichel. Flip both your first rounders, a third rounder, and you've got a heck of a lot of good young prospects that you can entice Buffalo to make that deal. You come back at me and fire, but Jack Eichel makes $10 million a year. Not a problem. You still have room to do that because you have Weber on long-term injury reserve. Hello, Nikita Kucherov role. And you've got Paul Byron as well on long-term injury reserve. So you have that room. And if you are trading young prospects, you're shedding that salary as well. It's time for the Montreal Canadiens to go big, land Jack Eichel. Who would you rather have as your top two centers? Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Kakinyemi, Nick Suzuki and Christian Dvorak, or Nick Suzuki and Jack Eichel? I think we know what the answer is. I think you got to start calling him Jacques Eichel if he ends up getting deal. Why not? Did you see hockey Twitter go crazy on the weekend too? Oh, because. Yeah. Somebody tweeted out that, uh, that he was Jack in Montreal. Eichel's got his, his Montreal with his hockey sticks or flying to Montreal yeah. with his hockey sticks. Yeah. Meanwhile, but in the end, the, it was just the Biosteel camp. Is that the Biosteel camp? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, yeah. it was beautiful. No, I, I think Montreal wins the deal by letting him walk. And not only that, I think it really puts Carolina in a bad spot to make 100%. them take it. I, I think Montreal gets the last laugh of this if you let him walk. Yeah. It, imagine... Uh, Carolina's doing all this stuff on Twitter, doing tweeting the French and the statements, and in the end, they get stuck with a bad contract. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. And uh, Matt called it. We also got a hockey question from a listener. Sam in Ann Arbor writes this email. Hey, guys, I love the show, and I wanted to get your thoughts on the Andre Svechnikov and Sean Courier deals. Both signed eight-year contracts for $7.75 million a year. Which deal ends up being better? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, thanks for, for sending that in there, Sam. Um, yeah, Sam. Sean Couturier, 28 years old. He's got 443 points in 600-odd career games. He's about .64 points per game. Uh, played for Philadelphia, obviously. Shvechnikov's 21, 140 points, .68 points per game. The numbers are fairly on point, fairly even. I think there's a lot more risk with Sean Couturier because of his age. But what concerns me for Carolina is we mentioned KK at 6.1. Sure, it's one year hit. Maybe he signs long term for a little bit less. They still have a lot of guys like Martin Nakesh, Vince Tro- Trocek, Aho, Tara Vinen, Pesci. 
that are going to be looking for some money pretty soon, and they're going to be big-time deals. This, to me, feels a little bit too much like the Mitch Marner deals, like the paying guys for what they could be as opposed to what they've actually done. I was not necessarily impressed with him in the playoff run. Uh, it seems like he had a down year, um, which may have, this may end up being a bit of a bargaining chip for them, uh, ultimately. I don't like either deal for being eight years. I really don't like giving a 28-year-old eight years where Shvechnikov comes out of this and he's 28, 29 years old, and then he's ready for the next one. I'm going to say Sean Shakur... Rashad couldn't say it, I can't either. Sean is going to be a little bit of a better deal long-term, but the Shvechnikov one, I mean, this could end up being a massive deal for for Carolina. This could end up being a disaster as well. So I think there's a little bit more wiggle room for Philly than there is for Carolina on this. See, I'm going to take the other spot too on this because Couturier, uh, I like him a lot. He's one of the best two-way centers in the game, but he is injury prone. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do love him a lot. Philly's banking on him being Patrice Bergeron. Mm -hmm. Right, and Bergeron is playing well into his mid thirties. For sure, right. So that's what they're banking on. You you talked about the numbers that both players had. If you even look at last year, Couturier forty one points in forty five games, Svechnikov forty two points in fifty five games. So Couturier even had a better yeah, um, and Couturier brings that defensive play. He's a great two way center. Great two way center. I just don't know. That the one answer that you stood out that I, I really comes down to me. I don't know if I'd be giving a twenty-eight year old an eight-year deal, whereas Svechnikov still has his prime ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I thought he was invisible with the in the playoffs, especially deeper into the postseason. Carolina needed him, and he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But he is only twenty-one years old. Mm-hmm. He is just entering his prime. So I'm going to say Svechnikov is is the better deal. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, picked by you, the listeners and social media followers. And the results of this week poll was very close. It came down to the wire before this selection. Rod Rodriguez cuts it back on the jet, cuts it around Kalani, around a third. Brian Rodriguez scored an amazing goal for LAFC in Major League Soccer for our play of the week. That looked like a young Manny Pava. Like, the moves that guy put out there. Woo! It was like we were back in Saginaw, boys. Woo! You're telling me there's another guy that plays soccer out there named Manny Pava? (laughs) You know better. There's another one out there? This were really good plays. Yeah. AJ Pollock's grab, that football, high school football catch. Yep, yep. Which uh, one did you guys go with? Base? I was really torn. I went between the uh, high school football catch, catching the ball around somebody, but I did uh, settle on the uh, soccer goal. That Rodriguez goal okay. was just. What about you? I went AJ Pollock. I, I think that is a short fence. And there's not a lot of protection out there, especially Dodgers, San Diego. 
like we talk you talk about being in the game like you watch that again from the camera angle of the outfield looking in there's about seven people that at least have some sort of hand or are within contact of AJ Pollock and he went up and got that I thought that was a huge catch in a game that I think is still being played right now so that was (laughs) to me the highlight I thought I thought that was an outstanding catch I I had soccer first and Pollock second. Like I thought that soccer goal to dribble the ball that fast around four different guys and then roof it. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not easy to do. So that was pretty impressive. That almost looked like a hockey play on a soccer field. Seriously, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great call. Great, moves. great call. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And you can look for our poll next Monday on social media accounts. So we post the candidates for the top play of the week every Monday, a podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. And you can vote for those there. And now we have to talk about the drama with the New York Mets. You know, I didn't mean to, to offend anybody. And if I offend anybody, you know, we, we apologize and it, I, I, won't, I won't lose anything with that, you know. And like, we just try to move forward and leave this in the back. Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor have apologized for symbolically booing Mets fans with a thumbs down gesture. What did you guys think of the gesture and the story? Uh, so, number one, if I am paying whatever I would co- it would cost for me to go to a New York Mets game, and you play like shit, I'm booing you. <laughs> I don't care who you are, how much money you make. If you're the new guy that's going to be a free agent next year, probably not a good look, by the way. I think fans have every right to boo if they're not happy with the performance of their team where they're investing their money. I've also always thought as well, players should not be concerned with the fans booing or calling them names or saying, you suck. Uh, You are obviously playing a sport that nobody in that building can play at your level because they paid to be here and you're being paid to be there. They're allowed to express their opinion. I think you certainly have the ability to ignore their opinion. Yes, does it suck when you're at home and you get booed in front of your home crowd? Yes, play better. Be a better team. This was a team that was projected to win the the National League East, went out and got Javi Baez, who I think is not even unpacked yet and has already started this. (laughs) The, the, The worst part of this for me is the apology not the not the apology afterwards but the sandy alderson gets involved says we would not allow this to our players to do this we're gonna have an internal discussion about this the next day he pops out and apologizes so obviously he was told to apologize but his explanation behind it after saying that it's basically putting the thumbs down to the fans He's talking about, oh, they we did that at other teams. Uh, that that has nothing. That's how it's construed in social media. Like, guy, th- this is this is going up on one of the most unmeaningful or or rehearsed, completely out of the mind apologies. I think I've ever heard in sports. This is to me is a worse answer than than Garrett Cole. It's not sincere at all. No, like that's the first thing I thought. Ridiculous. When, when I saw it on our Twitter account, like, come on. For, this you is to, the- for you to say specifically, there was no way to misinterpret you saying that that was towards your fans. And when they're booing us, we don't need them or wh- however he worded it. 
to then come out and say, oh, we do Oh, this, guys, we do this all the time. This is hilarious. This is an inside joke. We did it with opposing teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah it's yeah, a baseball yeah. thing. We used to do that at Wrigley Field. Screw you. You used to put the thumbs down at people at Wrigley Field. Are you, you wouldn't get to your car if you did that, let alone trying to do right. that up in, in Shea Stadium or whatever they call it now, City Field. Uh, it's, a, it's a really bad look for a very disappointing Mets team. I was not buying in on this team at all, but this team is is certainly showing its its colors. And I think the only somewhat exciting thing about this is maybe Javi Baez is out there on the market, and maybe the Tigers can sign him, and, and he could be our shortstop. I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> they had to apologize. Like this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So you guys are putting your fingers down suggesting the fans are sucking but really you're the guys are the ones that are sucking (laughs) right is this what we're talking about here just do better and then you won't have to deal with this francisco lindor just signed a 341 million dollar contract and you're worried about the fans booing you because you're losing of course they're gonna boo you yeah it's New York, York right? <laughs> yeah. Of all cities you're playing, you know it's New York and you know they're going to boo you. So you have 341 million reasons to focus on playing better and not worrying about the fans who, by the way, are paying your salary. And Javi Baez, he's probably, his next contract is probably going to top 200 million. Yeah. Right? Like, guys. They have every right to boo you. Every single sports fan in any single market, in any year, in any major sport, has the right to boo you because they've paid to attend. And it's funny because we've been to sporting events in New York. Do you guys remember? We watched whoever that terrified young pitcher was that we never saw again. He came out, pitched an inning, got into trouble, the whole place was cheering for him. He got out of it, came back, and in the next inning, got in trouble again, and the entire building turned on him. And it, it was took over. one inning. Yeah. One inning. It was over. <laughs> Half the fans went to the shop in between innings, bought all of his jerseys, sold him out, came back out, and he was awful. Yeah, it's guys, it's a tough business, man. It's people, you know, like we we do podcasts about this stuff. How many millions of podcasts are out there talking about sports? How many people podcasts are out there talking about the New York Mets? Like people invest a lot, not just their money in in these teams. And and for you to like playground, you suck. No, you suck. Like that. That's. <laughs> This is an adult, right? This is an adult right. man that that you know has a family, has seen great success. This is probably one of the first times in, in a while now, so even though the Cubs have been on the on the decline, that he's getting this sort of uh, of animosity from his crowd. He's also never played for the New York Mets, especially when the New York Mets have expectations. And yeah, I think I don't think you could have played this any worse. But can you just come out and say, "Look, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. We love the fans. Are we're frustrated too? We want to be playing better. I know you want to be playing better. It was an accident. We had joked about it uh, during the game. It just came out. I'm sorry. 
you know, let's let's move on. And then he scores the winning run. And, and it's funny, like uh, like we had posted on social media, the next day he scores the winning run from first base on a on a single in the left field. How many people that are Mets fans now? Uh, it's all forgiven. And Javi Baez is the greatest oh, yeah, New York sure. Met in history. Like it's over, guys. But you could not have played this worse. Right? Have they never heard of New York sports radio? Like. <laughs> Like, seriously, like everybody's invested in this. They were blowing up telephone lines mm-hmm. on the radio. Like, guys, it was the dumbest thing you could have done. I was Just watching, uh, I was uh, I was watching uh, a social media account after this happened. They had a poll of should Javi Baez be traded, like right now. It's like, guys, we can't even do that. <laughs> like, yes. there's another. You got to go through waivers now. You got to do this. You can't just trade him anymore. There was 73 percent of the people that said yes. <laughs> like, they, they don't even know that this can be done. They're like, nope, get rid of him. Screw him. New York doesn't need him. <laughs> like, Unbelievable. Oh, it's a, it's a tough deal, man. It's a tough deal. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. What do you guys think of Cristiano Ronaldo re-signing with Manchester United? I think it's a great storyline. He goes back. I think it's, you know, he's the most popular soccer player in the world. The best soccer player in the world. Did you guys see that, though? That um, in one hour of him signing, the stock for Manchester United... Increased two hundred and fifty million dollars. Insane. <laughs> it's remarkable. You know, when you throw numbers like that around, like even if I didn't look like Cristiano Ronaldo, I'd be walking around with my shirt off a lot too. That's that's a big. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big. You're welcome, guys. There there ain't a lot of people that can walk around like that. I mean, the fifth best soccer player I've ever heard of gets to do that all the time he wants. You go back to. To man, you good for him? I I think it's uh, I I think it's I don't I don't know if it's good. I don't know if Manchester United's gonna be good. I don't think they if they were good before. If they're they're better now, obviously. The last time they were good was when they had Ronaldo. I just so think, I think the, that number I saw I think that this number is it's huge. Wild, just wild. The two best soccer players in the world, Ronaldo one, Messi two, are playing on two new teams this year. Mm-hmm. That's remarkable. Like. Pick two best, the two best players in hockey, McDavid and Crosby, mm-hmm. and they switch teams. Mm-hmm. The two best players in baseball, switching teams in the offseason. Two best players in football, Brady and Mahomes, switching teams in the offseason. Yeah. This is a huge deal. Guys, we have another listener question. This one's from Lisa in Kitchener, who writes, Hey guys, keep up the good work on the podcast. I wanted to ask your opinion on the draft lottery in the OHL. Do you guys like the idea? Ooh, okay, so the OHL came out in the last week and said the top four, the bottom four teams who missed the playoffs, they will each have an equal shot to get the first overall pick for this next draft because the schedule is uneven. Like uh, you're not, it's not going to be the regular schedule. Like Windsor is going to play London ten times or whatever the heck it is, right? right? So the four teams who miss the playoffs, they will each have an opportunity to at the number one pick, and then they'll revisit the situation after the season is over. I like the draft lottery because it's another way for fans to get excited. I don't like the fact that all four teams have an equal shot. We're going back to, well, 
Matt's going to yeah. shake his head. The Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, let, let me talk the on worst this. Record. Yeah, had the worst <laughs> record. I like the draft lottery. I don't like the fact that all four will have an equal shot. The the one um, part of it that in the explanation from the Ontario Hockey League that I, I wasn't thrilled with is, like you had mentioned, this is a weird season. This is going to be very off the cuff. Um, you're going to have different schedules. You're going to have all of that stuff. And I, I get all that for sure. But my takeaway from that is, as a, as a team, like, well, the playoffs isn't any different. We're not changing the way the playoffs are being done. So why do the teams that are at the bottom, the ones that are going to, to benefit from this new rule? And again, the 25, 25, 25, 25, it doesn't work because the fourth worst team is the fourth worst team. Whether you played all against the Ottawa 67s or you played all your games against, you know, who you can say London, you could say for Lisa's sake, you could say the Kitchener Rangers, you know, the, the Spitfires, things like that. Sure. You know, that that's tough on your schedule and I can understand that, but it's also tough on the teams that are in the playoffs that make the playoffs that, you know, they have to settle for the, the sixth seed because they played London 10 times where they might be the third best team in, in the conference because of that. But, you know, ultimately you look at the way that the season and you can compare it last year uh, or last playing year for the OHL, the last four teams that did not make the playoffs. Uh, so that would have sat with North Bay at 38 points. Niagara is at 42 points. Sarnia at 50 points and Sault Ste. Marie at 62. Yeah, so that's my point is that the Western big difference. The Western Conference teams, if they were in the East, they'd make the playoffs almost every single year. So now you're going to give them a legitimate shot to get the first overall. There's, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, there's boys. three teams in the last season the OHL played in the Eastern Conference that made the playoffs that had worse records than the Sioux Greyhounds. The Sioux Greyhounds finished with 62 points. North Bay finishes at 38. So again, now you're telling me that those teams, a 62-point season and a 38-point season, are worth the same chance to get the best player out of the draft. That, no, that, that's not right. That's not right. That is not right. So, Lisa, thanks for the question, though. I'm looking forward to seeing some junior hockey. Hopefully, they can pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, guys. <laughs> looking forward to junior as, B as hockey, as, too. Hey, junior Hopefully, B, uh, they can pull it off. We're going to be the only ones standing. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to cancel They're going to cancel hockey in Carolina before they cancel the GOJHL, I'll tell you that. I Ah, they're 900-page uh, protocol <laughs> <laughs> And guys, Jake Paul won again. He defeated Tyrone Woodley in a boxing match on the weekend by split decision. Did you guys watch? No. Did you watch? <laughs> did you watch? John, Matt, you did you watch? No. You were offended that we... No, you were I'm not watching this clown. <laughs> You know, hey, it's great. He's great that he's bringing attention to boxing, but come on, he's not a real boxer. <laughs> Look, here, I'm gonna, I'm going to take an unpopular side. Oh, okay. <laughs> For future considerations at gmail.com. Find us on social media as well: podcast, FFC, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff.
I think I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> oh my God! Stop it. Let me, let me tell you. Let me explain why. Stop it. This guy is is no one. He's no one. He posts videos on the internet. You just slammed He's, him like seven episodes ago. He's a YouTuber. I know. I'm, you I said I wouldn't watch it, but I'm starting to like this guy because <laughs> he because listen he so he takes these fights against guys who have massive crutches. Ben Askren is is a, a grappler. He's not a boxer. Fights him right. and wins. Floyd Mayweather Woodley. needs money. Tyrone Woodley is is a punching boxer or a punching fighter who in the UFC was really on the climb, lost and then was never seen again. The money that Jake Paul is generating from this for not actually fighting anybody good and not actually having to fight anybody good is is starting to become pretty impressive to me. These fights are ridiculous. If you like I don't know anything about boxing, but I certainly know if the guy is against the ropes, sliding down the ropes and can't see straight, you don't stare at him, you punch him in the face and you knock him into next Wednesday. But how many screenshots did you see where, oh, the fight was rigged, the fight was rigged, the fight was rigged, I'll never watch this again. You know, you're going to watch it again because he's going to fight this Tony Fury or, or somebody like that, or he's going to fight Woodley again if Woodley gets this tattoo, and you suckers are going to watch it. You suckers watch Conor McGregor. You suckers are watching this guy. You can't get away you, from it. And I'm starting to Conor like McGregor. it. Conor McGregor. You watch no, we, we talked about it. So Saturday, after I was talking to John Rashad, <laughs> apparently we got into a fight about MMA, and apparently it got heated. I don't remember any of this. I was about a bottle and a, and a half of wine in. But I don't, th- I'm, I don't think I have to watch it anymore. So Oh, that's good. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the draw is still going to be there. And he's tweeting out about it, too, about whatever, oh, licking yeah. his lips. Or <laughs> like, the guy is not, he's not relevant whatsoever. Why we are even paying attention to this guy and why he is generating so much money for himself, to me, is almost awesome. It's, it's pretty cool. Good for him. Oh, my God. So I'm trying to figure out why these MMA guys want to fight Jake Paul, a YouTuber. I know why. Because Tyrone Woodley got $2 million for the fight. Exactly. That's more than anything he made with the MMA UFC. Mm-hmm. And that's... So, of course, they're going to fight this guy. And there's going to be the next guy that's going to fight. Yeah. And there's going to be the next guy. But this is ridiculous. I'm not paying 100 bucks to watch that. I would never pay to watch it. Never. Let me be very clear. I think the whole thing is is just a little bit, little bit above Barnum and Bailey. But people are still get they're still wild about it. They're still talking about it. The next time he fights, people are still going to pay for it. And and it's it's the reality of the world. This guy is famous for literally nothing. He is fighting guys who are just looking for for some extra money. He's making a ton of money off of this, whether it's directly from the fights or his own brand. I mean, he's he's a marketing genius, and it's one of the reasons that I was always a big fan of Paris Hilton, for obvious reasons. But she's <laughs> she was nobody. She's nobody. She's nobody. But everyone has a strong opinion about her one way or the other. But all she did was market herself well. And that's all this guy's doing now. I, I think it's great. 
Do you think that somebody knocks him into the hospital, though, in the next fight or in, in an upcoming fight finally? No, because he's not going to fight anybody. Yeah, he's not going to fight anybody. He's not going to fight anybody. This is, for yeah. him, the, the one thing that I did hear and, and, and read about, for him, this is almost like his his training camp. He's just getting massively paid for it. Because he might fight guys that are a little bit better, a little bit better, as he gets a little bit better and a little bit better. But there's no benefit to him fighting anybody that's any good right now. Like, if you're making you know, whatever the number is, let's just say for conversation's sake, $15 million all-in promotions and all that stuff for this fight, and you're winning by split decision, I mean, why would you even bother risking it to go and fight somebody that you know, I think he's reasonable enough to know that he's not going to beat this guy or this guy or this guy. And I think it's becoming more and more apparent. It really doesn't matter. He could have a kangaroo in there. People are going to pay <laughs> to watch it. And for him, I mean, it's more more power to you. I'd watch the kangaroo. I, I lied. I'd I was going to say, I'd I'd actually watch I would watch that. the kangaroo. I would yeah, pay to watch yeah. the kangaroo. Kind of like semi-pro when the when yeah, Will yeah, Ferrell yeah. wrestles the bear and the bear gets out of the cage. Yeah. <laughs> I'd totally watch that. I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> and now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. And Ashley has submitted a song and writes, I know you guys like The Weeknd, but what do you think of his song with Doja Cat? The song is called You Write. So, fellas, pump it or dump it? John Rashad just saying, you write, and Doja Cat. It's been the best part of the episode for me. <laughs> yeah, like, like, come on, put in some put in some urban there's, slang there, John. There's some nasty case you of case in there. Yeah. <laughs> you write, dog. <laughs> and now we're up to our long distance dedication. <laughs> Just don't make it about a dog if you uh if you've ever heard that famous blooper of his. <laughs> I don't mind the song. I, I'm here or there with it. I don't mind the song. You guys more like the weekend more than I do. Yeah, I like the weekend. I, I, it's okay. It's a it's an afternoon song for me. It's a, you know, just getting the the day started. Look, we we haven't even talked about the biggest news that's happened in the last week. Kiefer and I are best friends now. I don't th- I don't think that I, 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 like I'm getting nervous it may be a little too fast for me he's coming golfing with us at the our, our team golf tournament in a, a couple weekends now uh, it's uh, I'm getting real excited about it I'm trying to you know level out and stuff he said he's gonna bring a boom box and he's gonna play a couple of his songs and I'm gonna play some of mine and uh, it's, it's but it's exciting uh, Kiefer and I are buddies now I have a friend named Kiefer from pump it or dump it from pump it or dump it and me telling him his songs are terrible (laughs) you've now created this friendship uh, pretty soon we'll be talking about pretty soon we're going to be talking about moving in together (laughs) i'm envisioning a boombox on a car and dream weaver playing in the background and you guys staring into each other's eyes hello I'm envisioning John Cusack holding up the boombox in that movie. (laughs) With Matt at the window. (laughs) Looking down. Kiefer in the rain holding the boombox. You had me at pump it. (laughs) And that does it for rapid fire. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Another great debate, boys. Oh, we're losing it. 
Love the questions. Remember, you can send us your questions, topics, songs for Pump It or Dump It. By the way, Ashley, thanks for sending in that song. We sort of didn't talk about it so much, but uh, appreciate it. Keep it coming. For future considerations at gmail.com. Direct message us as well. Uh, social media channels, podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, or for future considerations on Facebook. Adam Hooper's in the golf tournament too. Our buddy Adam Hooper. That that was always yes. late on the pool. Like this is gonna be unbelievable. Is we got gonna... <laughs> we gotta figure out a way to like broadcast this live somewhere. Like is he actually coming though, or is he gonna be two days late? He's gonna show up on Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't gotten his money yet, so it's possible. <laughs> oh man, no, we're gonna broadcast funny. this thing live. It's gonna be <laughs> in the. It's a nine o'clock tee off. Nine o'clock. Oh, tee off. you didn't tell me that. <laughs> oh, wow. Like that stops you. <laughs> we'll be back to our Michigan golf course days. I'll be over in your driveway at four thirty. Usually, I wait to nine thirty-five. <laughs> I think once we all get uh, our first swings in after about two and a half years, it's going to say, "Well, f this." <laughs> Where's the bar? Yeah. Where's the golf cart? <laughs> Uh, make sure you follow our social media channels for great content as well there's always lots of highlights and uh, Manny just uh, churns out the content 24-7 yeah uh, maybe we'll do a live social media feed on golf day (laughs) at that golf tournament how's that we'll do an IG live uh, from the golf well I said you guys could even just put an iPhone down in the middle of the table and record it and see what you come up with yeah, you might be doing a lot of bleeping. Yeah, you're going to have, gonna have a, lot, you think you have an, oh, a lot of editing now, Rashad. <laughs> Again, we want to thank our sponsors, London Awnings, quality that shows. Shane Tabalovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training, nutrition. Uh, we got to get him to come out too somehow. We got to get We got to get him on this. <laughs> Does he even know what golf is? Oh, no, no, he, uh, he probably doesn't. He, he doesn't get it, I don't think. <laughs> think, what do you mean? You want to be minus 10? <laughs> and uh, remember, this is our only uh, episode of the week, but there are plenty of episodes on our feed. So if you've missed any of our great interviews or any of our discussions or uh, pump it or dump it, go back and uh, enjoy those. And uh, hope you have a great long weekend. Thanks for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.